0: You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on L.A. Talk Radio. Hi, and welcome to Love Talk Live. I'm Jamie Bronstein, your host. And today I have with me Alana Pratt.
1: Hi! Thank okay. you so much. Yeah, thank you so much for having me. You said my name right. I just love it when people know it's Alana Banana. <laughs> well,
0: my name Jamie. Who know? Like people spell it wrong all the time. So I'm just very, very sensitive to names and that we deserve to be called the right thing, right?
1: Yeah. Thank you. Thank you.
0: You're welcome. So Alana is amazing, and she has a new book coming out, which we're going to get to. Um, so we're going to talk about her new book. We're also going to talk about if we have time, dating during COVID. But more importantly, I'm going to tell you about Alana, and then we'll get into her new book and what it's all about. Okay, so Alana Pratt is an author, relationship expert, and intimacy coach. Alana Pratt is a go-to authority for those who have suffered heartbreak and are ready to live unapologetically and attract an open-hearted ideal relationship. A certified coach with nearly 5 million viewers on YouTube, Alana offers private, group, and online coaching programs for singles and couples to help her clients develop a healthy, intimate relationship with themselves first, which naturally attracts and enhances their ideal partnerships. This Ivy League grad is the author of six books and hosts the edgy podcast, Intimate Conversations. We'll have to get into that. Mm -hmm. She has been chosen as an icon of influence, was a weekly columnist for the Good Men Project, and has been featured in Huffington Post, People Magazine, and Forbes, and on CBS, TLC, and Fox, and the Jenny McCarthy Show. Her new book is Finding the One is BS. Let's say. Becoming the One is Brilliant and Beautiful. So... Alana, would you like to just start off before we get into some questions, to start off telling us about your life a little bit, how you got into this work, why you love this work, and your inspiration for writing this book?
1: Mm, Thank you. Yeah. So um, I'm a small town Canadian girl. And while I live in LA right now, when I first came to LA, I was on his 18-wheeler semi. You know, I quit college and I'm off to follow my dreams and, and I, I failed. I was good enough to get jobs here, but I didn't have a visa. So I moved over to Japan for four years and I was a model and a dancer and an English teacher and, and a dancer, everything, you name it, um, backpacked all over. And that's the first time I would say I, I learned that I did not have an intimate relationship with myself. I was quite critical of myself, quite a people pleaser. My worth was based on my accomplishments. I didn't have this inner self-worth, self-love, not, not at all. Um, So fast forward, first husband and, you know, tall, dark and handsome, multimillionaire, wall street guy. I think, you know, I'm finally good enough. I didn't even ask myself, you know, did I choose him? He chose me, and that was good enough for the damsel in distress insecure girl on the inside, and that relationship was about six years. And what I learned is that I, I was too afraid to speak up. I would hide in the closet to meditate as my spirituality you know was birthed, uh, it wasn't very received because that wasn't you know what we agreed to. And so that, while we went to therapy and workshops, that relationship completed. So then I got masculine. i thought, like, well, if, you know, the Disneyland fairy tale, that's BS. So I'm going to make this happen and I'm going to find a guy and make this marriage happen. So I didn't do that choice with my heart. I did it with my mind, my strategy, right? Um, and it was also when my mom was dying of cancer. So I didn't want to feel that pain. I just wanted, you know, a man's a plan. <laughs> a man and a baby was a plan and uh, not that the most enlightened choice, but the best I could do at the time of my evolution. So that too ended in divorce. Uh, So two divorces, the only one in common was me. So that's when the real personal growth work began that led me to be the intimacy expert that I am is I realized I did not have a healthy, intimate relationship with myself. I didn't have any honesty, vulnerability, transparency, compassion, kindness. I was just really quite mean to myself and critical. And you know what? That was mirrored in being critical of others, kind of superior, arrogant. And and being critical towards you. So, yeah. And so the pattern continued until I started to do the work. So it's been been about 20 years now that I've been an intimacy expert. And uh, I would say that I have a much more loving relationship with my wobbly parts, my insecure parts, as well as my badass triumphant parts. There's like everybody's allowed to the party and I'm not going to resist any of them. So I can be present with myself. So I can be present with my clients, it can be present with my son, it can be present with my lover, I can, I can be present. And uh, while well, I hope you like me by the end of this interview, if you don't, I'm not going like, to lose my marbles anymore. I really was so attached to the outcome before and it feels so good to be so much more free.
0: Oh, I hear you sister. Yeah. (laughs) Good.
1: (laughs) It just sounds like you're just, you've gotten to the point in your
0: life where you're just embracing all of you. Yeah. The good, the bad, I don't believe in judgments or labels, but all parts of you. And it seems like you've had such a, such a, a beautiful experience that that's how you help your clients.
1: Yes, exactly. And what I find is when they date to find the one, like I did, (laughs) like two marriages worth, right? Like I'll finally be good enough. Um, I'll prove to everyone that I'm I'm good enough when I finally find that person. Well, then you got to keep them. And if they don't like you, then you might have to lie or say yes when you mean no, or pretzel yourself into someone else, which was what I used to do. So the new book is all about finding the one, as you said, is BS. It's about becoming the one. And when we can become the one on the inside and, and love, maybe not prefer, but truly be an allowance of all aspects of ourself, then we can be present when we go out on a date. We don't need to be somebody we're not. We don't need to judge them or try to fix them like they're a project or something. Like mm-hmm. you be you, I'll be me, and we'll just see how this goes with authenticity and have those tough conversations and be curious And seek to understand, not to control or fix. Mm -hmm. And these really incredible partnerships are are birthed, romantically, of course. Um, But also, you can shift your relationship with your parents, with your children, with your friends. You can be more of that inviting person with that, you know, that it energy. Like you walk into a room and you don't need anything. You know, you're here to give from the overflow. It's very attractive to clients um, and your ideal partner.
0: Well, one thing that you said, and then I've got to get to these questions, but um, that I loved what you said, because I work with this a lot also is having no attachment to the outcome. Like you were yeah. saying, if you don't like me, I'm good, because bless your soul. Mm-hmm. And you know, Oprah always says that if everybody liked you in this world, then you wouldn't be authentic. So that's something that I teach. And I love that you are teaching that and you embody it also of like, I am so at peace within myself and I have such love and compassion for myself that no matter what the outcome is of an interview, a date, a friendship, a podcast, it doesn't matter. Mm. Because I know I've done the best that I can.
1: Exactly. And I think though sometimes people don't like the word humble or humility, but I think there's a real sacred way to use that word where it's we don't want to be narcissistic or too confident. Perfect. There's a blend of humility and authenticity or confidence that's like truly has nothing to do with the outside circumstances and just with who you are. And of course I prefer more Facebook likes than less. I prefer things to go a certain way. Yeah. But at the end of the day, I can rest peacefully when I go to sleep at night. Cause I can just put one hand on my heart, one hand on my belly and say, Hey, little Alana, you did, you did your best today. I got you. I love you. Right. So
0: love the inner child work. Love it.
1: Yeah. Okay. So let's talk about
0: that. And and you might've already, um, glanced upon this already, but the intimacy is an inside job.
1: Yes. Yes intimacy is not just bound chi a bow bow, bow. <laughs> it's uh it includes sex it includes genital copulation but to me intimacy is really about putting our walls down letting go of the outcome being curious and seeking to understand and share your authentic self with yourself you know with the divine like do you actually have conversations with the, the creator God the universe, the field whatever word works best for you so that when you are maybe a little more higher stakes, and it's somebody you really like, someone you don't want to break up with you, can you still be your authentic self? Mm. And can you bring that intimacy literally into every relationship of your life? Because I have, I used to not like money. Like, where have you been lately? Like, I need more of you. Like, I was literally mad at money. But if we really looked at the energy of money, did I have a healthy, intimate relationship with money? No, I was pissed (laughs) at. And as soon as I shifted that and I got honest, I said, you know what? You're right. I haven't been managing you as well as I could. I haven't been putting my 10% aside every month. I haven't been saying thank you every time I go into my wallet or bank account. I wouldn't want to date me either. Okay. (laughs) So we can have intimacy with uh, a lot of different um, people and things and energy.
0: Yeah. And the whole thing that it starts from within is the whole law of attraction, and that we need to just really get clear Mm. and connect with ourselves, our higher selves, really who our authentic self is, and love that person in order to attract.
1: Yes, well said. We are a vibration at the end of the day, we are energy and light, so it's all a vibration. So it's all about the inner creates the outer. So fall in love with yourself and your curves and your past and the whole thing, yeah, and your pimples, yeah, you
0: and, anyway. and the
1: yeah, stretch marks you name it, whatever. Oh, because
0: it's all so beautiful and it's life and it's life experience and it's wisdom, yeah, and it yeah. means like you know i happen to have like extra smile marks because i happen to smile a lot and with my job as a coach therapist i'm constantly reflecting back on my clients' emotions and marks and it just makes us who we are
1: i agree totally yeah it's beautiful okay so uh, let's see so how do you find your intimacy blind spot Mm, this is a great one. On my site, there's an intimacy blind spot assessment. Because I, oh,
0: intent? my
1: site is my name. Thank you. alanapratt.com 2L. So A-L-L-A-N-A-P-R-A-T-T.com. So right there is the intimacy blind spot assessment quiz. And what I discovered is most people on the personal growth path are clever. They do their work. And so if they could have figured it out themselves, they would have. And same as me, I'm a very successful coach, but you know, hell if I can see my blind spots and that's the, the nature of a blind spot. We think our brain thinks it's one thing, but it's really something underneath that's running the show. So for example, Let's say some, uh, let's say it's a gentleman comes to me and says, I, my wife won't have sex with me or whatever. And, and I, and I hear him and I acknowledge his frustration, et cetera. And then I say, can I ask you maybe a kind of a crazy question? What do you love about that? Well, I don't love anything about that. I want to have sex. I go, no, no, no. Let's go deeper. Let's go into the, the blind spot. What's working for you about her not having sex with you? You know, what do you love about that? Well, I, I get to be right, I guess, and blame her, and, and I guess I—it kind of works for me that I don't have to risk rejection, and uh, and then you start to really discover all the underlying reasons that the, the the challenge or the annoyance is happening. It's working for us on some level. Mm-hmm. Or a woman might say to me, "You know, there's no good men out there," and I or whatever, and I go and I first compassion you know, let's obviously be kind to people and be compassionate. And then I'm like, well, what's working for you about that point of view that there's no good men out there? Nothing. I want my man. Where's my man? I said, well, but with that point of view, you don't have to risk. You don't have to risk rejection. You don't have to show up. You get to be right. You get to be alone. You get to complain. You get to do all these other things as opposed to show up and maybe be disappointed. Isn't that actually what's running the show fear? And it's like, Oh, so these blind spots, um, they run me as well. I don't think anyone's void of them. And to have, again, that combination of humility and confidence and go, okay, ask for help. Show me what I'm not seeing. And then the confidence to go, okay, that's it. You're right. Let me do the work. I'm willing to integrate, process, heal about that so that I can create a new point of view. And then of course we have a new reality when we have a new point of view.
0: Yes. I love everything you're saying, and- And I love that you put a, you put a concept, a word to what really is going on in the blind spot and to help people to point it out, um, to point it out to people. Yeah. Because it's, it's so true. I feel like people are either in, it's either in life, there's either fear and love. Mm -hmm. And so all of, I would say that their blind spot is all, it's all fear.
1: Yeah.
0: sure. Fear of rejection, fear of really showing up as who I am. Yeah of it just not working out for whatever reason. So it's safer to just say I need to lose five pounds until I'm ready or whatever it is. Um so yeah. I love I really love that you put a name to it. Cool. Awesome. Well, thank you. <laughs> Welcome. Okay, so let's go on to facing the unfaceable. And well what keeps us on stock, we, we kind of just went over that would it be like going over what they learned about their blind spot and then taking action to get unstuck. Or do you have a specific, how do you help your clients get unstuck?
1: Yeah. With the getting unstuck part or facing the unfaceable, that's sort of what that's the how to get through, to face something, to f- face something first, feel something second. What I've discovered and I'm sure you have with your clients as well, maybe we'll dip our toe into a feeling of anger, shame, Fear, sadness, betrayal for a few seconds until it gets too overwhelming. Then we shove it back down, and what you resist persists. So, for me, getting unstuck is being able to go into that intense emotion long enough for the brain, central nervous system, quantum field, all of the systems to regulate and integrate that stuck energy into a higher vibration of energy because we all know we can't create. Or destroy energy. We can only change it. We can only shift it. Mm-hmm. So here we are trying to get rid of the anger and rid of the shame. And what you're trying to push away is only going to grow. So by getting unstuck, it's like, okay, I'm going to sit in this fire. I'm going to breathe. I'm going to breathe for five seconds. I'm going to imagine that there's a little uh, Jamie, a little Alana, who's really sad or really scared or really mad or really embarrassed or whatever she is. And I've been hitting her with a two by four, shoving her in a closet and putting on a fake happy face. And it's, I'm still stuck and I can't get through this block. So what if we took the opposite approach and went into that closet, stopped hitting this part of ourselves, stopped judging and criticizing, but just sat in the discomfort, sat in the fire and, and acknowledge you have every right to be scared. You have every right to be embarrassed. You have every right and just five seconds of breathing and acknowledging and using the visioning of seeing little you and changing that behavior from judgment or resistance into allowance and acceptance. You'd be amazed how quickly that, that, that pocket of, of stuck energy begins to integrate, lift. Oh, I've gotten more resilience now. Oh, I'm feeling more courage now. Oh, I'm feeling like I could let go. I could surrender. Like it'll shift as not a new analysis and another thing you should think and another book you should read. Like everybody can read a book. No, I'm talking the embodiment of it. The part of you that no one can take away, no circumstance and no one. That's an embodied integration of a stuck energy. And I love getting getting there myself (laughs) and getting my clients there while they're like, okay, I really can say thank you that that happened. Not like the sprinkles on the ice cream cone of crap, pretend spiritual bypass way that we, we can try to get away with. No, like really in my bones, I'm grateful. I'm better because of it.
0: Yeah. Yeah. And to me, what I'm hearing is that it's really all about, it's about forgiving ourselves and forgiving others and yeah. to know that we and everybody else did the best that we could yeah. at that time. So it's having compassion for the little one. Yeah. And also trusting, trusting that, well, that I always believe that life happens for us, not to us. So if you can look at everything as, you know, this happened for us, what was I supposed to learn from this? Yeah. And then you're able to move on, break free, be free from that, whatever it was, and be free from ourselves, like free ourselves from being in our own way.
1: Totally, yeah. I was just leading a call. Um, I've certified a bunch of coaches, so I have my call with my my graduate coaches, and I am always very vulnerable. Like I'm, I'm no better than anyone else, and I'm always falling down and getting back up again. And I had made a decision to do some work with somebody, and if truth be told, they kind of put, you know, air up my skirt, fluffed, fluffed me up like, "Oh, you're the best writer, and you're so amazing, and we're going to talk to all these celebrities." And I think my ego or my little wounded girl who wanted to be approved of, like there was still a sliver that kind of thought, oh, 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 that's so great. And I, as a result, there were blinders on. I didn't see the, the, the red flags because I didn't want to give up the, the approval and, and all the appreciation, right? But it bit me in the ass. Can I say yes? Sorry about that. Oh God, it, bit me in the bum. <laughs> it bit me in the bum later because I a little bit made the decision based on trying to look good and be good enough, I didn't ask the tough questions. I didn't feel deeply into my intuition and my instincts. I just bypassed those. So I'm still not quote-unquote perfect. Nobody's ever perfect. But I'm, I'm still you know, working through my own blind spots quicker than ever before. I can own them quicker than ever before. I can clean them up quicker than ever before, but I'm not uh, perfect and nobody is. And so we can create these safe places I have with my team, my coaches, my clients, like a very safe place for us all to share our, our bumps, our wobbles. And uh, that way we can come home without judgment to center faster.
0: Well, I love that you're bringing this up because when we do the work and we learn the tools, and we heal it, we're still not perfect we will not be perfect no one will be perfect to the day you die but as long as we're working and we're evolving but i like what you said about because i feel like it will give encouragement encouragement to people that are watching this our clients everything um is that when you do this work you're able to catch it quicker yes you have the tools you know what to do you can acknowledge it and it feels very empowering I think.
1: Yeah, no, completely. You can, the, the sooner we can come back to center, what was it, the, the name of the, the man that founded Aikido? Ooh, I can't remember his name. I'm so sorry. But anyways, the idea with the man who developed Aikido and he was little and, you know, these big guys would come and he'd be like, hoy ya, hoy ya, and they're like, how did you do that? And he's like, well, clearly I'm not stronger and it's not that I'm any more clever, but I can come back to center yeah. faster than the big lug can. And so it's not that he was perfect. It's not that he was doing it quote unquote, right. He was off center when they first hit him, but he could come back to center faster than the big guy. And I'm like, ah, so it's not about, you know, excellence. Yes. Perfection. No, no judgment when we're off center. Right. So if something happens and you don't judge yourself and you can come back faster, that is, uh, yeah, the, the, the most elegant way to, to live. Mm,
0: yeah. It's so peaceful. It's so free. Love it. Um, okay. So let's see. It says the one has been you all along and then there's bigger, deeper, wider, broader than anything. Mm-hmm. Expansion.
1: Mm-hmm. Love, love the yeah. word. Expansion. Yeah. So I'll do the deeper, broader, wider, grander, whatever the how yeah was that? that was the, the title. The yeah. idea is this when when something happens to us, it could be a judgment, could be blindsided, could be something like you got a bill that was crazy or someone breaks up with you or somebody dies, like something big right when it comes at us, if we contract, it hits us right we resist and we shut our heart down, our vibration goes down, we go into like our prefrontal cortex isn't there anymore, we've got five seconds, fight or flight or freeze, you know, like our worst self basically comes out. However, If in the face of, and this takes practice and bravery and a willingness to navigate intensity of emotions in your body, but if you can practice when something really big comes at you and you notice, you have the awareness, the discernment, oh, I'm closing right now. I'm starting to judge them. I'm starting to judge myself. I'm starting to close down no bigger, deeper, wider, grander, and literally change your posture, breathe. Mm -hmm. You can even say five, four, three, two, one helps you stay in your prefrontal cortex, open your arms and, and imagine that you're, you're like inviting in, welcoming in, breathing in this intensity and it's going to burn with you. It's going to burn in the fire with you and a phoenix will rise. We can use these sort of images and it'll take about, I don't know, a good five, 10 seconds. Maybe you'll cry. Maybe you'll yell. I don't know what you'll do, but deep breathing, that's for darn sure. But as as this moment comes towards you, if you can be with it long enough, five to 10 seconds and think those words, deeper, broader, grander, wider, whatever I said, (sighs) um, you'll be like, oh my God, I am bigger than my circumstances. I am not a victim of anyone or anything. I'm actually in charge Oh, this is what they mean that everything is for me, not against me. I'm embodying it right now. This is what it's like. Anything that comes towards me, I can embody the gift when we expand, 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 expand. Very difficult. Takes practice. I remember the very first time, and I didn't do it at the time, uh, my best friend died when I was 16, just shocked. Like I thought they were coming over for the weekend and they were dead. And so I obviously no personal growth training at all. 16 years old. My cat hadn't even died. My grandma died. Nobody died. This was very much a closure, but something really magical happened. My friends took me bike riding to try to put me in a good mood. And as we came back, I was at the lake at the cabin, beautiful, clear sky, blue sky. But as we came back to the cabin, there were two rainbows right onto my cabin. And I thought, oh, Oh my God, it's a sign. It's a sign. You know, they're okay. They're okay. And in that moment, I made the decision. Like it was like it was presented to me by my higher self or something. You could never have met them and never feel this pain. Or you could have met them, feel this pain and learn to be deeper, broader, wider, grander and open your heart in the face of anything. Which do you choose? And it was like a no brainer. Of course, I want to savor every moment I had with them, even though they're gone and learn the skill. Of keeping my heart open in the face of anything, because that means I'll be able to make good decisions, the best decisions I can from my instincts, my intuition, you know, my creative thinking and my prefrontal cortex. I want to learn how to do this. And I want to help other people to be able to learn how to do this because no one is void of the challenges and obstacles and pain of life. No one gets out of here without pain. And so if we can all lean in and open in the face of it, We'll make our best choices and grow from these moments rather than Facebook, porn, and daws, shopping for your 17th handbag. You know, whatever one does to stuff it away and not feel, it's not helping us with obesity and drugs and all the various problems that we're having. And I really think the core of it all is that we haven't been taught how to open and breathe and be with intensity. We're just taught to don't cry and just, you know, put it on a happy face and stuff it away. And it's not working. It's not working for us.
0: Yeah. It's how to keep your heart open. Yeah. Yeah. Because when you're saying open, like what I'm hearing is just how to keep your heart open and not to close your heart, whether it's a breakup or a death or anything that could have the potential to break you down and tear you yeah. apart. Yeah. But just to keep your heart open and to love even more.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Visually, I imagine that when you keep your heart open, when something like that happens, it probably shatters. But then underneath it, or somehow through it, you can rebuild it even stronger, kind of like a stained glass window with all the nice little filament between all the broken pieces. A stained glass window is actually, I think, more beautiful than just a plate, one pane of glass, and it's stronger. It's stronger from having been broken into little pieces and put back together. So yes, it will hurt. And you may feel like your heart has been broken, but the actual soul and spirit is unbreakable. And by doing the work, you will be better for it. Yeah.
0: I love it. And I love so I'm a very enthusiastic person. And so nice (laughs) people that are that are so like on fire also. (laughs) Thank you. Funky. Um, I just, I, I get so excited about these topics. And so it's really fun to talk to a guest who is so excited.
1: about That's it. <laughs> uh, thank you. That's awesome. mm-hmm. Um, okay. So
0: we, we still have a few more minutes. Um, yeah. even before we go on to, I just want to ask a few questions about how we can still date during quarantine. Um, but just what would your message from your book mm. be about, okay. so. Why is it important in your words to do all this inner work to attract the right one for you? And like, if you could make that into a beautiful sentence or two.
1: (laughs) It's important to become the one to find the one, because if you're looking to find the one to complete you, that is such a low vibration of neediness and desperateness. And that is a real measurable vibration. You will only attract your mirror. Someone who is as desperate as you in a codependent relationship or, or crazy chemistry, and then you'll kill each other off, or it's going to blow up in your face because of that low vibration. Mm-hmm. So it is efficient, wise, and for the long haul, more uh, you'll get a better r- return on investment of your time, energy, and money if you're willing to do your inner work so that you've already found wholeness, safety, approval, self-worth, security in the face of anything, on the inside, which is such a high vibration, even beyond allowance of all. It's like, no, I'm loving myself in the face of anything. Very high vibration. And that goes out to the universe. And then you'll attract a like partner who's also done their work, who isn't going to judge you if you're quote unquote, not perfect, because they're pretty clear they're not perfect either. And you're really two, not two perfect people, but two whole people. And when two whole people come together, the whole is greater than the sum of the parts. And you can literally come together when you've done the inner work first and go, what would you like to co-create together? Not will you complete me and will you pay for this or blah, blah, all these lower vibrational reasons. We're here for humanity and each person when they're whole first, I believe ignite something in the other that can only be ignited by that wholeness in another. And you can have this romantically. I think you can have it like in business as well. And I choose both. I choose to have homemates in my business world and a lover that's a mate. so that everyone that's in my world, we awaken the best in each other for mm-hmm. humanity and consciousness. So that's my choice. Amen.
0: Hallelujah. <laughs> <laughs> and I use the word that when two whole people come together that have their own lights and they come together and they just create more light in this yes. world. Yes. Beautiful. So it benefits the whole world and the universe. Yeah. As they create as they create more light and just create whatever they're going to create together in their relationship. It just adds to the collective light in the world. And we all need more light in this
1: world. Totally. Yeah. So I like I don't like the word. I want a partner. I need a partner, uh, do enough inner work so that you can then go, okay, I would prefer one. I choose one. I'm ready to have one, but I don't need one. So you can be more patient, more selective, but also more open that maybe your partner is going to look different than you thought your partner was going to look. So all of that comes from doing the inner work and and the wholeness of becoming the one to find the one.
0: My mom used to joke that because I was always like, I need tall, dark, and handsome. My husband happens to be tall, dark, and handsome. However, my mom used to say, Jimmy, you're probably going to end up with like a short, bald guy. and And I was open to it. And and eventually, like, so my husband, I'm Jewish. My husband's not Jewish. Eventually, like, because I got married at, I met him at 34, I had to get to the point where I was more open. Yeah. I believe, like, you have your three non-negotiables, but then also it is important on your journey to be open, like you're saying.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I love what you're saying, Jamie. Yeah. One of my coaches reminds me of science, that every relationship is equal challenge and support. But this idea of the perfect person, and we're always going to be happy, we're never going to fight is insane. Um, and that challenge isn't always bad. And so given every relationship, personal and professional is equal challenge and support equal pain and pleasure. The question becomes, is the challenge for me? Is this person my master spiritual teacher meant to elegantly annoy me so that my best self comes out so you can look at how they might rub you the wrong way as a gift for the phoenix to rise out of the flame and i'm not saying challenge like physical abuse or gambling or or, or you know this kind of thing i'm just saying maybe the way they look at something is different than you instead of instantly saying no they're not for me yes, the the deal breakers, I agree with that as well. But what if the most annoying thing about them is what's going to make you your best self? What if that's awakening your unique evolutionary spark? What if it's not nicey nice? What if it's actually challenge, but they have this humorous way of loving you, making you feel safe and seen as they sort of little bit tease you, but never degrade you. And you're like, they're the one that loves you so much that they know there's more in you that wakes up inside. Like it literally was just in Las Vegas for the weekend with friends that I've known since we were 16, 17, I'm 50. So it's a long time ago. We've been friends a very long time. And he said, I'd like you to read the introduction. And I said, Oh, so I got his phone and it's the introduction to his first book. And in it, he thanks his wife for being on them and write your book. And she was, I used to think she was so annoying, but if it wasn't for her, I wouldn't be you know, able to distill the wisdom that I've learned in the last 50 years to share with one person, hundred, a thousand, a million. I don't know how many people will, will read this, but I'm, I, I need to write down my legacy for my kids. And it's because of my deliciously annoying wife that this book is going to you know be birthed. So yeah, have that other point of view about the challenges of your relationship. Mm-hmm.
0: yeah and our challenges are our biggest teachers
1: totally right yeah
0: okay so why don't we since we don't really have time to get really into all the different points of dating during covid what would be your message um, to encourage people that they still can date during this time
1: yeah couple points one I don't know about you, but I love sex, but it's, it's good that I don't have the opportunity to jump in the sack as quickly as I normally would. I think that's healthier. Mm-hmm. Not that I'm against sex at all, but I think we can have a, a very clear mindset when our hormones aren't involved and all that happens when you begin to have sex really quickly. So still have fun having sex, but there's, there's nothing wrong that that will be, take a little longer during COVID. The second part that I think is a benefit, and I think you could actually meet your ideal partner faster than during normal times. When there's no stress, I'm so together. I look so good, right? I could shine you on for three to six months until you really saw my shadows, right? But right now with COVID, we are cranky. We are inside. We have to wear freaking masks all the time and you can't go here and you're supposed to go there and now we're in lockdown again in California, whatever. So you're seeing somebody on how do they react or respond under pressure right out of the gate when you're dating them. You're, if they're a cranky person hiding it pre COVID, you wouldn't find out. But right now, you're going to be like, okay, they're actually quite impressive. Look how grounded they are. Look how in allowance they are. Wow, when there's a challenge, they lean in. Look how they've pivoted in their business. Look how they're not negative and blaming. Look how they're still looking on the bright side or not. So you'll be able to see the real person faster. So I think it's a phenomenal time to date and show up as your real self and really see them for their real selves.
0: I love it. Yeah. And I feel like people are able to form more emotional connections before they get to the sex. Yes. And so I agree. I feel like there are just such benefits to this. I feel like it's all meant to be. And I just can't wait to find out in the future about all these marriages that started. Like we couldn't meet for three months. Right. I feel like it, there's a very romantic part to it, and but especially what you're saying is that people really are are being pushed to be totally authentic. Even you know you might meet somebody for the first time and have a little a bun on your head and not all glammed up at the restaurant. So there's so many aspects that are very authentic so much more
1: authentic about it yeah and again this intimacy that we started the whole conversation about it is an opportunity to deepen that intimacy with yourself with your quarantined alone time and to have a deeper intimate connection emotional connection create that psychological safety with another which i believe is what you really need for the long haul and for most relationships when they come to me for counseling i don't know about you but it's a challenge. Something's gone wrong. Well, if you met when things were challenging, then you already are learning how to work through those difficult things right out of the gate. So yeah. when something else happens later, they're like, no, we got this. We know how to work through this. We know how to communicate about this. We, we know how to listen and not fix, you know, all of these skills, you can do them right now.
0: Yes. They have the tools. Yeah.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay.
0: So how can people find you? Um, just tell us,
1: what you need to tell us about um, your book. People have questions. Thank you. Yeah. So uh, again, it's my site, AlanaPratt.com. A L L A N A P R A T T.com. There's the quiz there. There's all my books there. Uh, there's links over to the YouTube channel. I, I answer people's questions, you know, twice a week. I've got a podcast once a week, uh, intimate conversations. So there's those ways that I can also support you. And then I'll just put a little seed. I'd love you to just sign up for my weekly inspirations newsletter. Sometimes it's written. Sometimes it's a video. Sometimes it's an audio. Because in the next few months, I'm launching my own dating app. And yeah, it's called HeartMates. And it's going to be combining intimacy training and a dating app together, all rolled into one. So it's for people that understand that real relationships require real work and couples that grow together, stay together. So um, I'll be sharing about that in the next couple months. I just got the chills. Oh, really?
0: So much. I'm so excited doing that and I'd be happy to promote it for you
1: oh Jamie thank you I'm so grateful yeah because we're starting it from the founder circle from the ground up so I will definitely reach out thank you I I'm so grateful I love it okay and um did you say your Instagram oh Instagram I'm Alana Pratt Twitter I'm Alana Pratt uh yeah everywhere I'm Alana Pratt so easy yep cool and if
0: anybody needs to reach out to me, as always, I'm at therelationshipexpert.com and my Instagram is therelationshipexpert, just the X, not the E-X. So thank you for joining us today. You were so inspirational. Everybody buy Alana's book now. Thank you.
1: Thank and you. have a great evening. I hope everybody's a great evening. Yes, you too as well. Thank you for having me and love to all of you. Mwah, mwah.
0: You're listening to Love Talk Live with the relationship expert, Jamie Bronstein, only on LA Talk Radio.